It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Good morning, Ms. Tracy. How are you today? I'm amazing, Ms. Olin. Good morning to you. So I hear you had a fabulous weekend. I had a fabulous weekend. It was absurdly fabulous. Yeah, so, you know, I had a 23-hour day um, at HR Tech, and that was a lot of like, that was a cross between um, a homecoming and a class reunion, right? It was a lot of just branding, random hugging. And, um, but there were some great sessions that I went to. And then, um, my husband met me out there on Friday and he was like, I don't know if you've ever seen Vegas vacation. Um, but when the kid starts hitting everything by the end of the weekend, I was calling him Nick, Nick Papa Giorgio and we were just laughing hysterically. (laughs) That's awesome. You had to figure out how to drive, but with multiple cars home because you didn't quit winning. Right. He just, he just couldn't quit winning. And it was, it was quite remarkable. (laughs) That is, that is fabulous. I had a fun weekend. I so I spent all last week having serious FOMO because this year I chose to go um, to Unleash, which is coming up in a in a week or two here. Instead of going to HR Tech, I had to kind of make a a, a decision because oh, oh boo hoo, you going to Paris? I know. I so it's like it was. It, it's not a hard decision now that HR Tech is over, but last week while HR Tech was going on and everybody's tweeting and, you know, I can see everybody's having a good time and there's great conversations going on. I was I was feeling a little um, disappointed that my life did not allow me the, the ability to be everywhere I want to be all the time whenever I want to be there. So, and so what I did is I, like, grabbed my daughter out of school at the last minute on Friday, an hour before school got out, jumped on a plane went to went to Disneyland and built a droid and I was happy so you have you had what we call a sneak attack I did I did. I love that I did I was like because I literally planned it um like an hour before I picked her up I was like screw this I'm gonna go have some fun because everybody's off having a good time and and I'm gonna go do what makes me happy today and so what makes me happy is um going to Disneyland and riding roller coasters and, um, you know, pretending that I'm, you know, 10 again and uh, building droids. Which I love fun. that. Yes. Yes. So it was good. So, and so everybody now going, wins this weekend. Everybody wins this weekend, which makes me all super excited. And you know where else we win, Tracy? Where? Did you see over the course of this last week how many people are picking up on this podcast? Yes. Yes, it's it's almost humbling. Like I, I'm humbled by this, and I just kind of every now, like everything that's happened to me, and I, I bet you're in the same boat. Like everything that's happened to me in the last couple of years, I just look around and go, really, this can't be happening. I, I know. I, I actually have the same thought because I have to tell you, um, you know, when we started this, both of us were having a conversation. Listen, if like you know, three or four people ever listen, that's fine. It's a great opportunity for us to have an excuse every week to get together and shoot the shit and talk about stuff that interests us and we think we can learn from each other and grow and, yeah. and that's like really cool um and we kind of purposely went a little 
off script. It didn't go with um, let's bring on people and interview them every week, sort of a format and figured we just we really just wanted to have a dialogue and a conversation. Um, and I am just really, um, yeah, I, I'm I feel thankful that people are finding value out of it. And it's inspiring me to want to have more conversations. Me because too. I, it's, I think what it's pointing out to me is that there is this place in um, our kind of ecosystem in, in the um, recruiting, the talent acquisition, the recruitment marketing world to have a dialogue that is about um, best practices, understanding kind of why we want to try different things and, and what the kind of the science is behind it, um, which is hard to have, right? Because we're always having conversations about what the coolest new tool and toy is. Yes. Right. I think it's it, it's fun because I think that um, when we first started talking about having this this podcast, it was like we should just you know what let's just start rolling tape on our com- on our phone calls. <laughs> and if it helps anybody, yay! <laughs> Great. And welcome in everybody. So that's exactly what we do. So for those of you who are out there, if, if I will tell you, um, at first I was going to apologize for the fact that these podcasts, compared to others out there, may sound a little rough and there's not a huge amount of editing. We literally don't edit for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I cut off the front end where we say, hey, we're going to start. And I cut off the back end where I say, turn off the mic. <laughs> and other Pretty than much. that, we go. Um, and so this is, this is an unfiltered dialogue and conversation. So talking about unfiltered dialogue conversation, I think the reason last week so many people started talking about uh, what we were what we were discussing is because I think the topic was important to people. We were talking about nurturing. Yeah. And as I think about the feedback and the questions and just kind of uh, random conversations I had with people throughout the week who were talking about um, what nurturing meant to them, the big piece of that conversation I think was missing last week or that there's an opportunity for us to expand on was who are you nurturing in the first place? Like, who is your pipeline? What is a pipeline? So I have, as I always start off by saying this before I like kick it over, I have so many thoughts on what a pipeline isn't. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure some thoughts around what a pipeline is, but I, I kind of throw in it to you this, Tracy, when, when people ask you, um, what do I need to know about pipelining? What is a pipeline? What is kind of your go-to, you need to understand this piece of information? Yeah. And you might differ from me. This might be those, one of those instances where we argue about something. Um, but for me, pipelining is 100% about leads. It's not about applicants. And there's this fun little, there's this fun little drawing I do. We know a lot about applicants. We know very little about leads, which is interesting because I think that we're very attuned in TA of working with applicants. And then we start thinking of applicants as a pipeline, which they could be a pipeline. But when I think about pipelining, I think about it as people that are raising their hands to learn something about us or somebody that we're interested in and we've added them to a list, right? I also think that it is people um, may have been silver medalists. That could be a pipeline, somebody who might work here. But these are generally speaking, your leads are somebody that you don't know a lot of information about you um, versus applicants, right? Applicants, you have all their information. Leads, you don't have a lot of information. You might have a little bit of information. Um, Leads are tied to your brand. Applicants are tied to a job. So I'm surprised that you think this is controversial to me. Oh, this is I like know. I am 
Yeah. Oh, oh God. So you like went right onto my rant. I, I completely 100% agree with you. Woo-hoo. I think the biggest mistake we make today um, in the recruitment marketing space and in general in talent acquisition is that we think about pipelines um, and the value of pipelines as ATS requisition lists, people who yeah. have applied to our jobs. And by the way, there's a good reason why we do that. Again, I always kind of go into how did we get here? And we got there because that, in, in the olden days, a few years ago, the only way for <laughs> us to be able to track people in a systematic way was to have them apply to jobs. And so, Correct. and we managed them in our ATS and that became our rec list, which we started to transfer that term and start calling that reckless pipelines. In fact, for all of you wonderful HCM and other HR technology vendors out there who actually own ATSs or are constructing ATSs, please stop calling your reckless pipelines. Yes, they're please. not. They're not. They're not. They're, they, they have value in and of themselves, but they are lists of applicants. Yeah, you're right. Slates. The old word is slates, right? They're slates. Slate of candidates. They're a slate of candidates, right? A slate of candidates from which I will eventually grow my shortlist, right? Correct, right? right? And and but that is tied to a job, whereas a true pipeline is tied to your brand. And well, even the compliance conversation is different. But I'll I'll let you riff oh, on the so like, you can. <laughs> right. So, but but when yeah. we talk about applicants, that applicant, that person is tied to a job. They are associated with a job. But when we are talking about true pipelines and true leads, they're really just associated with your brand. They may be associated with a job family, right? They may have a skill set that is related to a job that they may do, but they have not transacted into that job yet. Therefore, they are a lead and can be pipelined for roles. Right. Here's why I think this is an important differentiation for people. Besides the fact it it helps you differentiate what it is that you're talking to people about in your pipeline, it's important to understand the difference here because you need to understand that throughout the life cycle of a a contact, they're going to come in and out of this kind of phase with you. And you need to understand not only what opportunity they align to, which is what your applicant list allows you to do, right? Mm -hmm. But you also need to understand their interest, and their ability. And pipelines, the further you get your pipelines into the interest space, the better opportunity you have to actually personalize your engagement with them. Because remember, your goal here is just what you said, to build your leads, right? These are people that have raised their hand and said, I'm interested in you. So they've demonstrated interest. The biggest mistake we make when we are managing our engagement with that group of people who raise their hand for interest is we start pumping out to them information that we want them to know about us, right? (laughs) The reason is we're thinking about them as lists aligned to our needs. And, And the further we get down the path of ability and opportunity, the closer we get to being focused on us. And you can't focus on us till you focus on them. And the way you focus on them is by what are you interested in? What drew you to us? And what do you want to know about? What information is of value to you? How do I provide value to you? That's how you build a pipeline um, over time. And so. it's, it's, it's interesting, Lynn. I completely agree with you. One of the things that that 
drives me bananas is when I hear people talk about this list as targets. And I, I really look target is where you go to spend too much money or something that you are shooting at. Neither of those are aligned with the people you're trying to um, educate and further a relationship with. So we, if we could just do one thing. So if you want the HCM people to stop talking about rec lists as, pi as pipelines, I would like for all of us to stop talking about them as targets. It, it kind of offends me, right? And, and it's, it's also, it's like, I've got this whole list of we should never say these things. Target is one of them. Um, owning a relationship. You can't own a relationship. You can't own people, right? That's, that's not a thing, right? So right. I had, you know, I've had customers talking about, well, we want to own the relationship with this pipeline. I was, and it goes back to what you're saying. You cannot own a relationship with something. Relationship is give and take. And if we are talking about our pipelines and we're talking about what kind of information that they need, we need for them to give, we need to give, they need right. to take, and we need to take. It has to be all of those things. That, that's right. And so I'm going to get completely pragmatic with people right now. And I'm going to say, okay, if you're listening to this right now and your thought is, well, that sounds really nice and fluffy and let's all go <laughs> hug the world, but I don't have time to build hey, nobody got time for that. I don't have time for that. I, I have too many people to deal with already who are just on my opportunity list to align to particular pieces. How am I going to manage all these other people? What I'm going to say to you is the reason you care about what they're interested in and you are tailoring to their interests, your, your ability to nurture them is because in that pipeline for everything you give, you then have the ability to ask for something in return and you need from them information. Who are they? Not only what their interests are, but what are their skills? What are their capabilities? How do I get that information? It's a give and take, just like you said, right? And any relationship requires I give to you in order to take. And so you, the give isn't let me give to you what I think you want, right? It's right. let me give to you what you actually are desiring. And, and mm -hmm. to do that, I have to organize my pipeline based on the interests that you share with me and, and who you are as an individual. That's why... We've, there's this big, you know, this this is the disconnect, I think, for people. There's this big conversation that's been happening in the space around um, persona development, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and linking persona development to content delivery and, and um, kind of how that works and being able to sort and organize and manage candidates and leads over time, right? The yep. challenge is people are disconnected. They, they think they built these personas of who these people are. But they're, in essence, really disregarding all that information they just found, uh, know about those people and instead focusing their engagement and their time and their effort on people when they're on that rec list and, and not giving them what they've asked for. So that begs the question for me, Ellen, and I know this is something that you're really quite good at and have put a lot of thought against. How are you how are you organizing your pipelines? Because that's another thing that people really struggle with, right? So great. I have, now I have a million leads. I have 2 million applications. What the hell am I doing with all these things? How do I organize them? And I really, I really sometimes don't even know what to tell them. And it usually is this deeper conversation of, okay, what's, what's valuable to you. So going back to your whole give and take, you know, when I'm working with a customer, we talk about, you know, how to structure things based on what's valuable to them. But like, how are you guys organizing pipelines? How are you finding meaning in that volume? 
So it's such a great question. I have to tell you, I'm not going to tell you we do this um, really well yet. I, I think this is an evolving space. and I'm interested in hearing what other people are doing. And my thinking on this has actually changed over the last six months. Okay. So um, for those who think I can't grow, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> I, you know, so I think we originally went down the path of saying, um, the easiest way for us to sort and organize and, and a pipeline allowed us the ability to sort, organize and prioritize, right? Prioritize mm-hmm. um, yes. our time and effort, prioritize our engagement and prioritize kind of where people were in their uh, uh, willingness to engage with us, right? All that stuff. Yep. So the easiest way for us to do that was a step away from the rec list and a step down to thinking about profiles or kind of groups of like skills, right? Okay. And getting very framed around what are kind of these groups of like skills that um, cross business groups and allow us to horizontally source out of that pipeline, but still allow us to deal with um, the uniqueness that people are interested in in a way that's scalable, right? To drive nurturing campaigns and et cetera that are based on people's interests, but we kind of did it based on ability, kind of in this profile space. We okay. we looked at it and we and we kind of looked at it from two lenses. You can be in a pipeline just because you rose your hand and said, I'm interested in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can be further prioritized and segmented in that pipeline because over time we have learned enough about you based on your resume or additional progressive profiling content that we've gotten from you that tells us you also have skills aligned in this space. So you could choose to go into that pipeline or we could choose to place you in that pipeline and and target information at you that way. And so we we started to kind of, that's kind of been our evolution, right? The yep. thing I'm starting to understand is as I get smarter about what is going to be available to all of us um, with um, these technologies that that you saw last week on HR, on the floor in HR Tech that oh, yeah. um, people have been talking about in terms of of AI and um, you know different machine learning capabilities is I think that our need to be able to pipeline people based on profile um, is going to start to disappear. I think that um, it's going to allow us to move further even up the interest cycle, right? And really start pipelining at the pure interest level. Because mm-hmm. if we're using that interest level to, to target the right pieces of information, and as we get certain engagement pieces in from people, or we see them doing certain things in our channels, or we see them interacting with certain pieces of content, or they provide us with certain pieces of information, that combination of data can start going into these machines, right? I'm just going to call them machines for yeah. lack of a better term. I be call them robots. The robots, right? <laughs> to go in there and find trends in behaviors and trends in interest and trends in ability that would then trigger additional asks of those people that gets okay. us further to the ability to prioritize them. So I know that's kind of kind of going into a space age space. It, it says it's, it says there's an opportunity for us to use these matching capabilities, not just to match to a particular job, which I think is very valuable, right? Sure. It, from a sourcing perspective, it really allows us to understand how to use assessment data better and to be able to really kind of target the best of the best of our pipeline for particular opportunities. But I also think this matching technology is going to allow us to think differently about how we can 
engage talent in a more meaningful way in our pipelines and to pipeline. I don't know what that means in terms of structuring our pipeline structures yet, but that's where my thinking is evolving to. But I love that you're talking about prioritization, right? Because one of the things that I think really scares people about all of these concepts is great. I'm getting more names, right? I don't, sometimes we don't need more names. Um, and then we, then we start talking about, okay, well, how do we prioritize these things? What, what are, how do we prioritize these groups and what is the heat meter behind um, some of this talent, right? So if we are, if we have in, you know, in your case, I'm guessing like there's a lot of machine learning needs that you guys have, right? So there's, there's a lot that, (laughs) so if we see these skills around machine learning, we're going to prioritize those people and we're going to treat them a little bit different. They might get a little bit more of a high tech, high tech, high tech, high touch experience, right? Because we're really wanting to build a relationship and we want to court them. We want to court them a little bit more than they're going to want to court us. That's right. um, so there's this prioritization, I think, that we all have to start thinking through. Um, who are we really, really after? And how can we help them stand out to our sourcers and recruiters within these systems? I think that's one of the one of the hardest, that's the, one of the hardest things for any software company or any company to do is how do we get the right pool of people in front of the right sourcer and recruiter to start building those relationships. Right. And there's, of course there's automation and automation is wonderful. And there's a lot of things that we can do via workflows and communications. But again, there are those people that we are going to want to have a high touch experience with. Right. And, and by the way, I think that one of the things we have to think about as you're planning out your pipelining strategy, and I get everybody's going to have a, a different scale at which they do this, right? Yeah. But your what you want to prioritize is not a one-time structure that you set up. What I prioritize is going to shift over time, right? So based on the needs of my company. And so that that adds this layer of complexity to us. To me, what that means is a good pipeline cannot be a stagnant warehouse of contact names, right? Amen. Yes. No, so that's, yes. Even if I deprioritize you in terms of the what I need immediately, right? So if I if I if I look at it and I say, okay, every contact I'm looking at at a constant basis and I'm saying, are you somebody who is just kind of here and hanging out? Are you just interested? Are you just like a, like, you know, I, I don't know enough about you yet. We still need to know. Are you somebody we may potentially be really interested in because of something that's triggered us in your profile, um, but not immediately, but further down? Or are you what I would call a hot property, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Are you hot or not is what I always say, right? Hot right. means, <laughs> hot means we, it, it really is based on us, right? Our needs today based on what we're seeing from you say you're hot but the challenge with pipelining is is that if your process for pipelining is i gather that in i gather the basics from you i get your name email address and i force you to give me a resume right let's say i did that and i only do that one time right on day one of my of my capture of you into my pipelining infrastructure. I captured, I captured you. Oh my God, you're sitting in here. You may not leave. Right. But I, but basically, and then if I just take that 
and the only time I prioritize you is that one time. Yes. I'm in trouble because the whole purpose of pipelining needs to be constantly evolving my insight and knowledge about who you are because I do that through relationship. That's why that give and take is so important and constantly reprioritizing based on my needs at the time and what you're bringing to the table is constantly changing. I tell people this story all the time. If you pipelined me and didn't do anything different with me as a contact other than just kind of keep me warm, right, based on my first engagement with Intel in 2000, right, and you use that resume and that was the, that was what you leveraged for me, um, we would, I would be in a very different place, right, Correct. both in my career and in what Intel gets from me, right? I had uh, most of what Intel has done for me. And not only that, I am one of those people who has come and gone from Intel and other opportunities and worked in other jobs. Every experience I have has has built new capabilities for me mm-hmm. because pipelines are full of people, not just resumes. And so and people are get, get this, this is my shocking moment for everybody. People are dynamic and they change over time. How about that? Drop the mic right, right there. I know. See, the okay. So a couple things. The, <laughs> one of the first times I met you and, and you were speaking at, I think at Transform and you said, there's this moment in time when you realize, holy shit, my job is never done. Right. Right. And, and, and I tell that to people all the time because there's a number of times when I'll be sitting down with a customer and they're like, we're going to do this employer brand thing. And I was like, that's cool. Um, when you're doing it and when you're budgeting for it, you need to have a line item for that forever because it's never done, right? Because your company is going to change. Your talent is going to change. And it's the same is true for pipelining, right? So it's never done because to your exact point, human beings are not static snapshots of pieces of paper of their experience for the last 15, five, two years. Right. They like actually they, learn and grow. They might learn and grow and you might learn and grow and your company might learn and grow. So there is no such thing in recruitment marketing, in pipelining, in nurturing that is even remotely set it and forget it. If anybody tells you it's set it and forget it, they are lying to you to probably sell you something. Right. And so the flip side of that, I would also say is there is nothing in recruitment marketing or pipelining. There is no contact, no lead that you capture that is worth you not engaging with. Thank you. Dropping them on the floor and saying you're not valuable for me today is short sighted and batshit stupid because they're going to be valuable to you later or their ability to advocate for you is valuable. Or if they're willing to tell you, I'm interested enough in you to to let you engage with me, because guess what, people? People are not stupid today. They know that if they give you their name and email address, that they are aligning with you at some level to get for you to push information at them. You're not going to scare them by by giving them something. Right. Right. And and if you don't do it because you look at their immediate information that they give you and you go, well, this isn't the type of person that we hire, right? That's short-sighted. <laughs> That's playing a short game and recruitment marketing and pipelining is a long game. So I get I get so prickly when people tell me, well, there's just a certain subset of people who will just never work here. 
And I'm like, really, tell me more about that. Like, why, why are you so damn special? And then they go into this whole rant on serial applicants. And then I go completely insane, right? This is, this is a, this is a script that happens every single time. Every time I have a conversation, well, there's just a certain subset of people who will never work here. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you, are you telling me that there is a population of people who will never grow and learn to a point that they would be a fit here? Because quite honestly, they're super into you. And right now, all I'm hearing you being is a bad boyfriend. Right. If you cannot tell me that, and then on the flip side, go to the next session across the hall at a conference and start complaining about employee engagement, right? Yes. Yes. These people have told you they are interested in you. No, if you yeah. you're right. Okay, listen. And this is what I tell people because um I and I and I got into a big rant with this with my teams as we were starting to talk about um how do we manage people um kind of back into the pipeline after they've gone through kind of a hiring process and not been selected, et cetera. And everybody was like, well of course we'll move our my other like favorite buzz term, right? We'll move our silver medalists over. Right. Oh, I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, no, no, you move everybody over. And they're like, well, but they weren't they, they got dispositioned out. They weren't considered, you know, important. I said for that job. Correct. Listen, unless and, and, and even this is maybe stretching it a little bit, but I would I'm willing to say unless you learn something about that person in the course of your relationship with them that made you understand that they are a psychopathic serial killer. Yes, there is probably some opportunity for you to get value out of your relationship with them. Yes. It may for a variety of different purposes. So recruitment marketing is not about just go get your people and throw them into a database and and let them sit there and grow stale. It is about managing those people and that pipeline is always evolving and shifting and changing. And you have to constantly sort, organize and prioritize them. And you have to understand where their interest is. You have to understand what their abilities are and you have to understand how as they change over time and as your company changes over time, the opportunities will connect together, right? Where alignment will happen. We just need to get rid of this whole idea of, you know, the pain in the ass serial applicant or the pain in the ass applicant that always, you know, applies to the same job over and over again. We have to let go of that. Like there's a certain point where we have to let go of that because we have to start looking at these people as super fans instead. Like there are absolutely, and instead of bemoaning them and ignoring them, let's find out if they are a fit. Like we just make this broad generalization because something that we see on their resume that is a static snapshot of their life and time. But what if we had a conversation? What if we tried to build a relationship with them, right? And what if we could find if they would fit in? Then we find a place for them. And you know what you have? You actually have a super fan working for you that is going to not only advocate for you externally, but internally. And they're going to increase your engagement internally and increase your brand at, um, positioning externally. Like we have to stop being mad at people about being excited about working for us. Uh, preach on. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point, right? You should be like clapping yourself and patting yourself on the back 
that you've done such a fabulous job somewhere along the line, maybe even accidentally, God forbid, that you've gotten people to be that interested in you. Great. Leverage that, right? Yes. I mean, also remember, part of the reason you've got people being serial applicants out there is because your application process and the way in which you allow them to engage with you is so broken. The only way they can raise their hand and tell you that they're interested in you or feel like they're going to be seen or heard is by filling out an application. And they also know that you and the rest of us, by the way, this isn't just anybody listening there. This is the rest of us, right? Have built us. these, have built this, this nightmare of a job hunting process oh, where yeah. everybody knows that they're going to fill out a piece of paper or it's not a piece of paper. They're going to fill out an online form to fill out an application and it's going to die on the vine. And their only hope of being seen is to keep pushing more and more and more of them out there. You know, we sit there and we go, people go or need to need to build connections. The way the way in which people um, get into opportunities is by having relationships with others and being referred in. And right. We know that that's all the case. And really smart people who are looking for jobs and who are looking to work for you know that, too. If they're seriously applying to you, they're telling you. I need a relationship with somebody to understand how I get into your opportunities in the right place. You have left the you have left the responsibility to me as a candidate or somebody who's interested in you to try and figure out how best I fit rather than you trying to take the time to understand who I am because I've raised my hand and said I'm interested and I want to know more about you for you to help point me in the direction of where I'm the best fit. So you got exactly what you asked for. I will then apply for every last thing you have. Because mm-hmm. that's my only way to show you I'm here. And to pay attention to me. Yeah, it's interesting, Alin, because I was interviewing a group of your favorite term, silver medalists, um, earlier this year for a couple different customers. And we were doing some candidate experience design and audits for them. And we've, we've probably interviewed 40 or 50 silver medalists this year. And we always ask them about the application. And it's really interesting um, because I, I will, in these audits, go through and go through and apply for a job and time it and go through on, on my phone and time it again and do these things so that I can see exactly what we're dealing with here. Um, and then I'll ask the silver medalists over and over again, 100% of them said, I don't remember the application. It wasn't that bad. I've had worse. Again, this is what they all say. I've had worse, but let me tell you about the good one. They only remember the good one. Now, the funniest thing is, is I always ask them all, what if there was no application? They all freak out. They all freak out and they're just like, I don't even know what to do because we've trained them for this terrible, terrible thing, right? right? They don't know what would happen if there wasn't one. That's how, how ingrained you, this is. How would you know who I am? How would you know I exist? How would you know of my value? It is my only opportunity to tell you about yep. the job I had in 1992 where I was sweeping floors and, and yes. all the great skills I gathered there. I wrote it right there right? Yes. <laughs> on your form. Yeah. And it was great because we were talking to people that were, at, you're, you're exactly right. We were talking to um, people who were working in maintenance. We were talking to nurses. We were talking to respiratory therapists. We did a lot of different types of roles. And I think a lot of times you and I, and I think a lot of our practitioners get caught up in the skilled labor pool. Right. Right. And we forget that the bulk of the hiring and firing that goes on in this country 
is not in the skilled labor pool. That's right. That's right. And it actually, to me, that makes an even bigger point for why understanding how to pipeline that yes. talent becomes even more important because it's it's more more it is it is more fungible talent meaning it's ability that tap that it those individuals right who yes. have um, skills that are fungible over a variety of different industries and marketplaces that are building their skills early career individuals right they uh-huh. benefit greatly from having robust infrastructures in place from uh, from companies like us and and every other company out there understanding how to pipeline and, and how to connect them they are looking for us to help guide them to where they fit within your oper- within within your within your framework uh, and we just don't do that very well so okay fun fungible is my new favorite word that is so fun to say fungible fungible not fun not fungus fungible. no 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 fungible yeah okay so we get, obviously this is a hot topic. We could go on to this for like forever and ever. And I think I, I love that. Yeah. We, we went into this space. I, what's your like, okay. So we need to kind of wrap here because people don't want to listen to us for three hours. Sure. No, you could, I mean, we'll go on that long, but let's instead, what's your, it was the biggest takeaway you want. If you people say, what is Tracy's take on a pipeline? What's your takeaway? My takeaway is it's leads, you guys. It's leads. It's tied to the brand. You're getting more information about them over time. And it's all about GDPR, right? So that's your compliance measure. But <laughs> yes, I know we've always got to talk about compliance. Um, but for me, like the takeaway here is don't confuse your leads with your applicants, right? Thank and you. figure out a way to prioritize them. I think that's going to give you the most bang for your buck. Thank you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody my like my buzz phrase of the week. Pipelines are people, not paper. Thank you. Oh, tagline alert. Bang. There you go. Okay. Uh, Thank you, everyone. That's a wrap for week number four of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. As always, you can reach us at our Twitter account at rrebelcast, or you can reach out to Tracy directly at T Parsons or me at Lynn Bailey on the Twitters. We'll talk to you soon. Remember, everybody, pipelines are people, not pieces of paper.
Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.